0: Our scripture passage today is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17. I invite you to read along with me in your few Bibles, or if you brought your Bible this morning. Luke, chapter 17, let gonna begin in verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, Jesus said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, Get up, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Thanksgiving week. It's not a Christian holiday, is it? But the sentiment Certainly fits for us people of faith, for good Christian folks. Gratitude, thankfulness, thanksgiving. We should be A students when it comes to giving thanks. I was remembering this week uh, a student of mine in seminary, not of mine, with me, a colleague in seminary with me, Rhonda. Uh, Rhonda was um, on her way to becoming an AME Zion pastor. And she was a second career student. She was well into her 50s. And we had a lot of classes together and we also did our chaplain training together and worked at the same hospital. So we had lots of quality time together. And looking back on that experience now, I realize what a generous spirit Rhonda was to have put up with so many 20-something future ministers around her. And the thing about Rhonda that I remember is that she liked to say, she had different expressions she weaved into her daily life. She would say things like, I am too blessed to be stressed. And she would tell me to have an attitude of gratitude. And let me tell you, if you say have an attitude of gratitude to an ICU nurse at a certain time, it could be quite dangerous, I'm telling you. I thought her expressions were a little hokey, but she also did something that I um, would like to be more like. She thanked God all the time, profusely, out loud, in the midst of conversation. If she got a great good grade on a test, she would say, thank you, Jesus. If she, uh, a sunny day, she thanked God. A rainy day, she thanked God. She thanked God for hospital patients healing and a rehab bed opening up for someone at just the right time when they needed it. She thanked God when uh, two vending, two, two chips came out of the vending machine when she only paid for one. She thanked God when she got a great parking spot in the hospital garage close to the elevator so you didn't have to walk so far. Thank you, Jesus, she would say. She thanked God all the time, and I almost hate to say it, but she really and truly did have an attitude of gratitude. It was like a muscle for her, something she had worked to develop over her life. Her eyes were just always attuned for the blessings of her life, big and small. She would name it and recognize it in the moment, out loud. And in our story today, Jesus is approached by 10 lepers, and they call out to him, they're desperate, they're hurting, they're in pain, but they keep their distance, as what outcasts should do. Leprosy had made them perpetually unclean, they had to leave society, they were never worthy, never welcome. In Jesus' day, uh, lepers would sometimes uh, ring bells or bang on things so that people knew they were coming near so that everyone could keep their distance. In a day and time, before they really even understood how diseases were spread, isolation was the rule of the day. Now, these ten lepers might have had nothing in common before this. Educated, uneducated. Rich, poor, religious, not so religious, leprosy had made them one. It crossed all bounds. Luke even mentions that one of them was a Samaritan. Well, what does that matter? Normally, Jews and Samaritans, they wouldn't have anything to do with each other in that time and place. Jews saw Samaritans, first century Jews saw Samaritans as religious heretics, as people who had mixed Their faith years ago, they were seen as heathens, and they didn't have anything to do with one another. But leprosy had bound this group of ten together. What does it matter now? It was leprosy that defined everything about their lives. And they asked Jesus for mercy. Have mercy on us. And Jesus does. He looks at those ten outcast, and his first instinct is one of compassion. So many times in the Gospels we see examples of watching Jesus react to a situation or a person. And so many times the Gospels tell us that Jesus responds with compassion. In Matthew 15, at the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, it says Jesus had compassion on all those hungry crowds. In Matthew 9, when he's Teaching and he sees all the sick people that are hurting. It says that uh, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast like a sheep without a shepherd. In Luke 7, Jesus meets a widow who has lost her only son. And it says when the Lord saw her, he was moved with compassion for her. I could keep on going all day. Jesus is moved with compassion. He sees these outcast lepers and he has compassion on them. It's a reminder to us all, frankly, when we're dealing with our own hard situations, our own people in our lives that we meet, even out and about. People that confuse us or disturb us or upset us, but is our first instinct, compassion. Maybe this is something we all need to keep in mind as many of us get ready to have Thanksgiving meals with family near and far. Maybe you're going to be sitting at the table with your uncle who loves to talk politics with you over turkey and dressing every year. Is compassion, is compassion how we see him? Can we see others with compassion? Jesus looks at these outcasts and he has mercy on them and he gives them one specific instruction. He tells them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And when they heard those instructions, they knew, or maybe at least they hoped, because what uh, first century folks would know that we often miss is that in order to truly be reintegrated into society, in, in order to truly be deemed healed and well again, you needed the approval, the blessing of the priest to say, yes, these people are healed. And so as they head to that priest, they realize that their skin is made well, that they are no longer in pain and they're no longer hurting, no longer suffering. Nine keep on running toward the future towards that priest, but one stops and turns back. He has to turn back to Jesus. He has to tell him the gratitude he has for all that he's done for him. He turns back. And Luke mentions that the one who did that happens to be the Samaritan, the one whose faith was supposedly so wrong to begin with. The contemporary version of scripture called the message, I like to read it sometimes to help my ears to hear stories in a new way. And it says this is how it puts this passage of the story. One of them, when he realized that he was healed, turned around and came back shouting his gratitude glorifying God. He kneeled at Jesus' feet, so grateful he couldn't thank him enough, and he was the Samaritan. And Jesus said, We're not ten healed. Where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this outsider? And Jesus said to him, Get up on your way. Your faith has healed and saved you. Now the other nine did what they were supposed to do. They followed Jesus' instructions. But the one had to turn back. He had to turn back to the giver of the gift. And it's the one who didn't follow Jesus' instructions that have turned this miracle story into a lesson on faith for us all. You know, the Protestant reformer of the 16th century, Martin Luther, was once asked, what is the true nature of worship? In other words, what's the point of worship? What's the meaning of worship? And Luther's answer was that worship is the 10th leper turning back. So let's practice this morning. So you have those little yellow sheets. I hope you do. If you could find it, take a moment and find it. If you don't have it, go ahead and use that poinsettia insert Go, a good piece of it. Rip it off. Find a piece of paper, however you can. And if you're online this morning, I hope you'll comment and participate with us today. So you hopefully have a yellow piece of paper in your bulletin. And if you can find a pencil near you, I know they're in the pews, or you can find, um, I always seem to have ten pens in my purse, so if you can find a neighbor who has a pen or a pencil, you can share. Let everybody get there. Okay. In our story today, the leper turns back to the giver of the gift and wants to say thank you. And so I thought today I'd invite you just to take a few moments to reflect on the good gifts of your life. Now here's the thing, I'm going to ask, we have some, um, some people who have been volunteered over there, and after church they're going to have baskets, and you can drop your yellow forms and the doors as you head out today. I'm going to, FYI, I plan to read some of these in our Thanksgiving meal, so don't be too specific or too personal that you'd be embarrassed to have it shared publicly. I can already think, I can give my husband's list of his gratitude, but... We just want to think, think for a moment about the things that you are grateful for, the good gifts of your life. If you had an opportunity to turn back and to say, thank you, Jesus, for this in my life, what do you of? So write just one or two things for a moment. Take a few moments to write that down. Or comment online, if you're online with us. You know, I think we need Thanksgiving, not the meal especially, although the meal is gonna be great. But I think we have to learn to offer our Thanksgiving to the giver of all good things in our lives. And so hold on to that yellow piece of paper and you're gonna be dropping them in baskets on your way out today. I think sometimes it's easy to keep on running forward. In fact, I don't blame those other nine who just kept on running forward towards the future, because I know that I do it all the time. I just keep hurdling from one thing to the next, between life's busy things, school, work, kids' activity, birthdays, celebrations, wonderful things, hard things, and yet we just keep jumping through them like hurdles, next, 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 and we don't Do we sometimes just stop and turn back for a moment and look back and reflect and say thank you to the good gifts of my life? So, as you gather around the Thanksgiving table this week, whether you're going to be sitting in a full house in a beautiful dining room with butter shaped turkeys. I love that. I hope to have a buttered-shaped turkey one day. Uh, Whether you're gathering at Cracker Barrel, whether you're sitting with all your cousins at the kiddie table, or a TV dinner tray, I hope today that you will remember this former leper who turned this miracle story into a lesson on faith for you and for me. I hope you follow his lead. You know, sometimes, I think, when it comes to saying things, when it comes to words, we don't say it. We don't say it, because sometimes we think it's already unsaid, that everybody already knows. Sometimes we're mindful that if we actually spoke it out loud, that it might make us cry. So we leave it unsaid, and we don't say it. But try not to this Thanksgiving. Try not to, because you never know where a Thanksgiving meal can become communion, where bread is broken and Christ is present. And my hope for all of us is after we leave our Thanksgiving meals that more than our stomachs will be filled. Will you pray with me? Thank you, Jesus, for blessings too many to name, too many to count, And too often we have failed to stop and recognize you, the giver of the gift. Forgive us, God. Thank you for this leper, former leper Samaritan, for the example of faith he is for us. And teach us to turn to you in all things. Give us eyes of compassion and to be a people ready to make room at the table for more. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.